Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on In-Flight Snack, it's Jets and Giants week, and this one is for bragging rights and bragging rights only, but a lot more. The Jets need to win. Zach Wilson needs to have a huge game. We broke down the whole game. The Giants have a lot of injuries. The Jets are pretty much healthy, getting some guys back, but one guy, and that's Aaron Rodgers. He's not playing in this game, so the Jets need to find a way to win with Zach Wilson. We explain why it's such a huge game for the Jets and for Zach Wilson. Talk about some of Bilal's experiences against the Giants and against Tyra Taylor in his career. All that and a whole lot more coming up next on In-Flight Snack. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL and college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action, and don't forget to use the promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your fifty percent. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Back to throw is Hurts. Looks left, throws left. It's intercepted. Picked off. Running right, Tony Adams. He's inside the 25. Breaks a tackle. Down to the 10-yard line. It's a toss to Powell. He's got the angle. He's got blockers. Powell working the sidelines. Powell goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. Well protected, looks left, heaves a bomb down the middle of the field, it is broken up by Jordan Whitehead! The Jets are going to win it! Yo, it's Quinn Williams here, and you listen to In-Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Rami Lavi. That is Bilal Powell and a very special happy birthday to Bilal. Somehow we celebrate birthdays a lot on this podcast. We had Joe Beningo on on his birthday. I think it was his 70th birthday, actually. And now we have you on Bilal on your birthday. So happy birthday to you, too. I uh, appreciate it, man. Appreciate yeah, it. so it's Friday. It's big. It's Giants week. We're ready for this. I worked at WFAN all week this week. That's why our schedule has been crazy this week. Um, and but it's finally here. Jets Giants. Is it a rivalry? Is it not a rivalry? I don't even know because it feels like these two teams have been so bad this year that doesn't even matter anymore. The Jets are in the better position. The Giants are trying to get back into a better position. They've played better the last two weeks with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback and with the defensive line, the offensive line starting to get a little bit better. But I think this game, and it's crazy to say this, but this game comes down to one thing, and it's the same one thing that's been the entire season since Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and that's Zach Wilson. But I'll tell you why it's different this week. Zach Wilson needs to show up this week 
because the next three games we talked about it on the last episode, we looked at the outlook for the rest of the season, what the recipe is to make the playoffs. This is a special team, special defense. This team is fantastic all around. There's one glaring weakness, and that's the quarterback position. If Zach Wilson holds the team back this week and the next two games are winnable, you have to have the conversation about benching Zach Wilson. Because if you lose because of Zach Wilson, look, last year, they won games despite of Zach Wilson. And they still benched him. If this year you're losing games because of him and the next two games are winnable games, you're not going to stick with Zach Wilson. You can beat Las Vegas. You can beat the Chargers. So if you lose this Giants game, you cannot risk another loss after being three and four, losing to a bad Giants game before the schedule toughens up later in the year. You cannot risk another loss. So Zach Wilson, all the pressure is on you this week because you have to show up, not just win, but you have to play well in this game and you better win. Blah, what do you think? Honestly, I wouldn't call this a rival. I would call this just bragging rights of, of the city. Um, it, it's definitely a game that uh, Zach Wilson needs to win. He, he needs to win this one. right? I, I know the New York Jets, we were talking about the New York Jets need to win. Zach Wilson needs to win this game. And what I mean by that is Zach Wilson needs to have a good game versus the New York Giants. He needs to. And, and it's, it, you can't continue to sit back and wonder if Zach Wilson is going to turn the corner. We need to see it, especially when you get in, in this time of the season. We have to see him turn the corner because we know that later in the season, especially when you start playing divisional opponents for the second time and they know your tendencies, you have to be able to turn the corner because now this is when football starts to get hard. Teams are starting to find their bread and butter. Teams are starting to get into rhythms. The teams that are starting are fast. If we see the Buffalo Bills are now struggling now, to put it all together, he has to win and he has to turn that corner. And if this is not the perfect opportunity for Zach Wilson, I don't know what is. Yeah, this team is not very good. Like I said, the Giants defense has looked a little better the last couple of weeks, but this is your opportunity. You have three games in a row against three bad teams that you're supposed to beat. Somehow with the Jets, it's felt like the last few years and really my whole life, the games you're supposed to win. Do you know off the top of your head how many times the Jets have been favored in the last four years? 66 games. How many times the Jets have been favored in those 66 games? No. You want to I mean, take a guess? Uh, let's see. 66 games favored. I mean, I'd have to say a low number. Five. Seven. Seven times. You were right. In 66 games, 59 of the times, they were the underdog. This is only the seventh time that they're favored in a game. The Jets are three-point favorites. We'll talk about the spread a little bit later. In those games, the Jets are three and four, and they've covered the spread only two times. So to tell you that this team underperforms when they need to win, and how many times have we seen it? You can speak to it. Come off a huge win against New England, go up to Buffalo, devastating loss. How many times? You come off a huge win last year against Buffalo going into the bye. They come out of the bye and lose to New England, put up three whole points against New England. This game is much must win because... The AFC is actually getting better than you think. While the division is still tight, Buffalo doesn't look that good. Look at the AFC North, Baltimore, Cleveland. Hey, Cleveland, they might go trade for a quarterback. A lot of people. Yeah, they could trade for a quarterback. If if Deshaun Watson's not it, they're going to be like, hey, we'll trade for Kirk Cousins. And we'll get to that in a second. But all these things that you're starting to see across the league, Cincinnati's not as bad as they looked earlier in the year. Teams are starting to come up a little bit in the AFC. It's starting to revert back to what we thought it might be before the season. You have to win these three games. If you're the Jets, you cannot lose, w- risk losing these games. And it feels like whenever the Jets are in that position, 
a letdown position. They let you down. How do the Jets avoid this this week? I think it has to be game plan. You know, sometimes when you have too much time to game plan, you over game plan. And I think I think you just keep it simple. You know, like I said, man, I I think you evaluate yourself during during the bye week. What are we good at? What are we bad at? You toss out the bad, get better at what you're good at. Um, Obviously, Nathaniel Hackett was asked, what 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 do you guys need any improvement in? Well, we all know from a fan standpoint, looking outside in, we already know red zone and third down. Third downs need to improve on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And I think right now, honestly, just go in with a go in with a simple game plan. Uh, we've seen how successful the team is when Brees Hall is on fire. Let's just hand the ball. Like, that's a simple game plan. Find a way to get him the ball, especially in a game like this. The scenario set up perfectly. You said it. The AFC is in a tight race right now. Everybody's in that middle pack. They have a few losses. So these three games that are winnable by the New York Jets are very important. And it starts Sunday versus the New York Giants, which they haven't had much success. You know what I mean? And this is a game that is played every four years. So there's a lot of things built up, right? We don't count the we don't count the uh, preseason games. We talk about every four years that we get an opportunity to play this team. And it's always uptight. I would just hope that the New York Jets put together a good plan that's not overly game plan, too much for Zach to handle, just enough for Zach and the way this team is built, manage the ball, run the football, Get it to you, playmakers. Defense, let's improve outside the 50. Let's find a way to get Zach Wilson. That's what I would be saying right now. Let's find a way. Defense, all right? Let's find a way to get Zach Wilson in a short field. And let's see how he can get in rhythm and, and, and possibly push the ball downfield and score. Yeah, and we'll talk about the defense in a second. I want to stick to the offense for one second because I think this game is an incredible amount of pressure on Nathaniel Hackett. You talked about the comment, the direct quote was they asked him what he thought of the team's offense when he looked at the team during the bye week and he said, I think we suck on third downs and we suck in the red zone. He's right. The quote was kind of funny how he said it, but he's right. And that's what, you know what people love? People love that he said that because that's what every fan would say. He sounded like a fan. He sounded like someone who's not trying to sugarcoat it or give you coach speak or anything like that. But this game, you have to know. Wink Martindale is going to be sending the house. That's what they've done the last two weeks. Just blitz, 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 blitz. And if you burn us on the back end, you can burn us. There are going to be one-on-ones on the outside. Zach Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett need to come up with ways to find it, find it early and find it often and take advantage. I don't want Zach taking sacks back there all day and being like, well, I didn't turn it over at least. In this game, you're going to have opportunities It's kind of like I said before the Chiefs game. Go take those opportunities because this could be it again for Zach. A lot of people talked about him after the KC game, really improving. We didn't see it the last two weeks. I'm sorry. We just didn't. He wasn't good the last two weeks that he played, especially against the Eagles. The Jets should have won that game by three scores. If you go watch watch the game and tell me the way the Jets defense played against against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, the Jets shouldn't have won by three scores. How many times did they have the ball in great field position like you talked about? in the red zone, right? Because of turnovers, because of different things like that. So this game, again, is must win again for this team. And it's again on the shoulders of Zach, on the shoulders of Nathaniel Hackett to make this work. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't think this just needs to be a win, Rami. I think this needs to be a big win. We need to see we need to see an explosive offense coming out. The New York Giants are not a good team right now. They're not they're not playing good football. So not only are we looking for a win from the New York Jets, we're looking for a big win versus the New York Jets, uh, New York Giants. All right. We want to see something as a fan base, as as spectators. We want to see an explosive offense, right? That's going to continue to build momentum throughout this season. And it starts with Zach Wilson taking what the defense gives him, find a way, Nathaniel Hackett, find a way to to uh, expose that defense in the red zone versus the New York Giants and find a way to get the ball in your guys' hand, the right guy's hands. Garrett Wilson needs to have unlimited targets in the red zone. Let's be honest. Utilize your tight ends. Run the ball. Find a way to get in the end zone this, this week. Yeah, they need to. And like you said, this is such a huge game for them. I, I agree. They don't need just a win. They need a blowout because... If they win and it's despite Zach Wilson, like it was the last couple of weeks, right? Brees Hall has a big run in Denver. The defense gets a touchdown. Last week, Brees Hall essentially is allowed to walk into the end zone. That's their only red zone touchdown that they have at the end of the game, which we can debate all day long if it was the right decision or wrong decision. But at the end of the day, he was allowed to walk in. The Eagles just let him walk into the end zone. It's true. Those are their touchdowns the last couple of weeks. So they've won despite Zach Wilson. And like I said, if they continue to win despite him, you have to look at the next two weeks and say, should we still be starting this kid? I'm sorry. Even if they win, you have to look at that. So we have to see something from this offense. And what are the other options you might ask me? I know they went out and got Trevor Simeon. Well, a lot of people were saying that Kirk Cousins is unavailable because he won a game on Monday night football against San Francisco where he looked really good. And now the night, the, the, the Vikings can look at their division and say, oh my God, the Lions just got blown out. The other two teams, the Bears, the Packers stink. Maybe we can win this division. Why not us? But that and I started thinking, that doesn't make sense. Everyone's thinking, so now they're for sure not trading Kirk Cousins. I think it's the opposite. They already said they're not committed to Kirk Cousins beyond this year. So why would they want Kirk Cousins to win them a bunch of games? They should want to trade Kirk Cousins now while he has value and then continue to lose games so that they can get a higher draft pick. Why would they want to, if they're not planning to stick with him beyond this year, why would they, why would they keep him around if he's going to help them win games when their whole goal is to tank for next year? Hmm. Well, do you, do you see the New York Jets going out the Kirk Cousins? I think if Zach Wilson plays poorly, you have to, you have to, it's a now half what, a year. Now, what is, the, what position is that going to put them in if Kirk Cousins comes over, helps them win? And then we're waiting on Aaron Rodgers to be healed to play in December. He's not. He's not. And we, we, <laughs> I want to get into this a little later, but let's let's get into it now. Rodgers kind of walked the comments back. And my initial thought was he realized it's hard. He realized he's 40. And he kind of walked it back this week on McAfee where he's like, yeah, it's going to be difficult. That was my initial reaction. Don't you agree? He's not coming back this year. I don't I, I don't think he's coming back. I mean, it's like I said, I think it's, you know, him manifesting, him being Aaron Rodgers and um, you know, just trying to be positive, maybe for the organization, for, you know, for the team. Uh, I don't I don't see it. I haven't seen it. No one's seen it. <laughs> We've seen a lot of greats get taken out by this injury that did not come back the same season. Um, if he does. All right. He needs to write a book and, and get paid for it and, and find out a way to sell that thing, to, to find a way to, to get people back on the field with the Achilles injuries. But I just don't see it, man. And honestly, honestly. I'm looking at it as, all right, Kirk Cousins coming in, 
winning this game, how is it how is it really gonna make Aaron Rodgers feel? All right. Now now we're saying if he comes in, he How's wins. It gonna, no, no, no. But get in the they get in the postseason. And now we're talking about January. And do you really think Aaron Rodgers is gonna gonna be down for that? But how's Aaron Rodgers gonna feel if the season falls apart? You think he's gonna say, Oh, I want to continue to play for Robert Sala when for the second consecutive year now you were in Absolutely. a good position and you fell apart? I, I think so. And, Why? And the reason Why? is, and the reason is because the missing piece is him. The reason they're not doing things is because he's not in it. So he wants to come Why, back. As what, a what other team would he want to go to and play with? I'd go to Cleveland. You're playing with a great team, a great team right now. We all know what happens with everyone who goes to Cleveland. All right? <laughs> <laughs> we know. You know that, they say right? that about the Jets too. Yeah, but I'm just telling you. They're winning games without the position that he needs to be filling. He's the missing piece to the to the puzzle. So why would you want to leave a place where you're the missing piece? We all know this whole season would have been totally opposite had he still been in the game. You know, we're but, talking about a, a guy who would have the New York Jets in every single game, not holding our breath, thinking Zach Wilson is going to turn the corner. We're talking about a future Hall of Famer quarterback. He's the only missing piece in this in this in this team. The special team is playing great. Defense is playing great. The offense could be playing great if they had a had a guy back there that is a commander. And you know that. And when I think Joe Aaron Douglas, knows that. A hundred percent. But when Joe Douglas went out and got Aaron Rodgers, he's he's decided this is a three-year window to win. I think thinking you're going to win a Super Bowl in the first year was never realistic. But maybe year one is when the guys learn how to start winning tight games, right? There's something to that, learning how to win, learning how to play in the playoffs, different things like that. And maybe you could speak that. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think losing the year and punting the year away is not a good option. You're still in the three-year win winning window. So Aaron or not, you're in this window right now. This year counts as one of those years, even though Rodgers isn't playing. So you need to figure out what the best way for you guys to win is. Yeah, I think Joe Douglas. If it comes down to it, I think this is this is where Joe Douglas thrives when we're talking about trading off guys and bringing guys in. I think that's where he thrives, right? I, um, you know, it's it's a tough decision right now, and it's a big it's a it was a big risk that they took to stick with Zach Wilson even this long in the a season, backup, and, yeah. and, and, and instead of instead of going to get someone else. Uh, after the injury, all right, you know that was Even a big before the injury. At the end yep. of last year, they could have said, "All right, we need a real backup quarterback. We know we're bringing Rodgers in. Let's go get a real backup. Let's go get Tyrod Taylor." You know, mm -hmm. guys that helped you win. I, I get it, man. And honestly, you you know how it is in this business where you 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 pick a guy that high. At some point in time, you you're kind of like pulling and tugging, hoping that he turns the corner. And I think they were expecting that. Bringing in Aaron Rodgers, having this guy sit down in. Watch how Aaron Rodgers prepares. But I think the Jets' biggest mistake was putting all the eggs in the basket and building this thing around an older quarterback. And now and now they're stuck to pick up the pieces after a, a big injury. You know what I mean? Like, so I like the move of them keeping Zach Wilson, thinking that bringing in an Aaron Rodgers, he could say, hey, man, you know, sit back, humble yourself, give yourself time to develop. And not only that, you get an opportunity to watch the one of the best quarterbacks to do it. That's what they took their risk on. And as an organization or as a player, I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah, bringing him and have him sit because he has all the weapons. 
and we haven't seen it yet. And, and it's upsetting. And hopefully, man, he goes out and have a big game this week that we can see some light outside of the Kansas City game. The only way I don't go get a quarterback, if Zach Wilson performs poorly, if they lose, if they win and he performs poorly, I'll keep riding him. You're right. Although I still think you have to kind of think about it because the trade deadline's this week. So this is, it's now or never to make a trade. Um, If they lose and it's because of Zach, the only, only way I don't make a trade is if I'm 1000% certain Aaron Rodgers can play this season. Because then, even if Zach Wilson doesn't make it to the playoffs, you're not in that position, right? You never have to bring Rodgers in. in. But you can't bring Rodgers, you can't bring a, a quarterback in and then get to the playoffs and have Rodgers be ready in January. And despite what Rodgers said on McAfee this week, I wonder what your thoughts are on this. Aaron Rodgers is fueled by doubt, fueled by haters, fueled by people who tell him he can't do things. I think the last few weeks, the overall news has turned to, wow, Rodgers could actually do this. He could actually come back. Do you think there's any way, and this is just my positive spin on it. I know you, I know you like when I'm positive. Do you think there's any way Rodgers just said those things on McAfee so that people would doubt him again? Do you think he's trying to build up doubt so then he can prove the haters wrong because that's what motivates him? Um, I mean, I don't know Aaron personally, so I don't... I, don't, I mean, that would be great know. mind games. I don't, I don't know outside of, you know listening and hearing and reading about a few things that, you know, he talked about early on uh, this year when, you know, he made the decision to come here and, you know, really getting away and getting in touch with himself and his, you know, whatever. I don't know him outside of that. Like he's doing what every veteran would do that knows this thing is going to come to an end. You know, he's staying relevant. Let's be honest. He's staying, he's staying relevant. And you know what I mean? Like he don't want to disappear. And, uh, the platforms now with the podcast and you know being on these on these shows, he's staying relevant until the time comes that he's back on the field. I mean, it's a great marketing move by him. A lot of veterans do it, you know what I mean. And I think it's getting him his reps. Maybe he's thinking about getting into TV. I've seen it, guys do it, and 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 the best place to do it is New York. I've seen a lot of guys utilize, you know, the 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 media. It's a second career transition. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think he's just trying to stay relevant. I see it every day. Even a guy who wasn't successful as a quarterback in New York is extremely successful as a radio host. And I work with him every single day, Boomer Sison on the radio in New York, right? I see Tiki Barber, who during his career, same as Aaron, was already paving the path of working in the media. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I work with those people every single day. The Jets get two key defensive players back this week. And we'll talk about that and preview the game. It's a football Friday. Jets versus Giants. The rights for New York bragging rights. All that. We'll preview. We'll give our picks. All that and a whole lot more coming up next on In-Flight Snack. Don't go anywhere. <sighs> coming back, the Jets got two really important pieces back today. Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed were cleared. Out of concussion protocol. I know we thought we was heading in this direction. How big is that for the Jets this week? That's going to be big. That's going to be huge. I think now they can get back to doing what they've been doing. Rush the quarterback. Rush the quarterback. Knowing that they have two lockdown dudes on the outside. This Giants offensive line is not great, but I want to give you some numbers. We talked about turnovers a little bit earlier, and I want to give you some numbers. The Jets' defense this year is 7th against the pass, but they're 20th against the run. 
They're 13th overall in defense and 11th in scoring. So they've kind of been, if you look at that, they're a middle-of-the-pack defense. They're not a top defense in the league. So what's made the defense so special this year is really takeaways. They're third in the league in takeaways, and that's why they're a special defense. The game plan is going to be simple for the Giants. Run the ball with Saquon against the 20th best pass or the 20th, you know, 12th worst pass uh, rush defense in the league and don't turn the ball over. Seems simple enough, right? It does. And a lot of those statistics play a part in not having a good offense as a defense. And let's be okay. honest. Explain. All right. I, I think I think when you're talking about we we saw how the defense played. They started off slow, but when they started playing together, we saw what they did in Kansas City. We we saw how they played when the offense was explosive versus the Denver Broncos. We saw how the defense played. It all listen, when you when you're on the field three and outs and you're not getting off the field, you get tired, you give up plays. I mean, if you're giving their offense more opportunities than our offense, at some point in time, they're going to make a play. They're professionals as well. So I think a lot of those statistics are because of our offense is struggling so much. I think if we had a top offense, the defensive statistics would be a lot higher than they are right now. I think it ha- you have to look at football as a complete complement to each other. You know what I mean? Like if the... <laughs> The offense isn't moving the ball. That means that the other opponent is getting a short field. Let's be honest. They're yep. not being backed up. I don't, there's not many times where the opposing team is playing backed up football. They're playing with a short field. And that has a lot to do with the offense not moving the ball. So, you know, a lot of the statistics that you see, um, obviously, I think is, is, is pretty much based on just not playing complete football on the offensive side. Yeah, and it also makes sense because if you're not on the field ever as the offense, the other team is getting so many more possessions and chances to move the ball. So Mm -hmm. you're getting more opportunities. This game, though, the Jets have to be better against the run because it's going to be raining. It's going to be nasty weather. The Giants, they're going to want to do that. They're going to want to lean heavily on Saquon Barkley. And I think he's going to have a big game in this game, in my opinion. Now... You've played in one of these. You've played in a few of these, right? How many times do you play the Giants? You played in, Were you part of the Victor Cruz game? I was a part of the you Victor part Cruz of the, game. Yes. Part of the Victor Cruz game. You obviously have the big touchdown in 15, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big win. Propels you towards you know part of that great run, which was a memorable run. What does it feel like? I've been hearing both sides of it from New York all year. What does it feel like as an athlete? Because... Some guys on the Jets were shutting it down. Like, hey, we just want to beat whoever's in front of us. We don't really care. Or Aaron Rodgers during the preseason was calling it Jet Life Stadium and kind of hyping up the, the rivalry. In that locker room, what is actually the feeling between the two teams? It's just another game, honestly. I mean, home or away, obviously, you're in your the same locker. I sit in my same locker when we play the Giants. Home or away. There's it, nothing different about it, you know, obviously for me. So... To me, it's just another game, you know, it, but it is a brag and wise game. You you already know the New York Jets and Giants fans are talking about it all week. They've been talking about it all season. They couldn't wait. And they couldn't wait because of Aaron. They couldn't wait. They were ready to beat us with Aaron Rodgers. They, you know, I don't think they were spooked. They, I feel like the New York Giant fans walk around 
you know, they have their Super Bowl rings. They do. But ever since 2011, you haven't heard anything. And I know they say, well, you guys they hadn't made the playoffs since 2008. It's just another game, honestly, if you look at it to me as a player. Um, you, like I said, man, you, you don't want to you don't want to do extra. Like I talk about when you get into big games, guys doing, you know, their rituals that they do. They don't, they don't do that. They doing extra guys get out of character. It's just another game, honestly. Yeah. And what's interesting here with these two teams is when you were coming into the season, it felt like Daniel Jones, after winning a playoff game, this giants team is feeling pretty good about themselves versus Aaron Rodgers. The jets are feeling pretty good about themselves. Fast forward, we're seven weeks into the season. There's no Daniel Jones and Tyra Taylor in the two games has been better than Daniel Jones, which is even crazier. And in addition to that, there's no Aaron Rodgers. He's been hurt. So all of a sudden, like it feels like this game is completely different than we thought. But when I heard the perspectives all week, I'm hearing giant fans saying, is it more important for the giants? Is it more important for the jets? The giants remember in 2011, Victor Cruz has a hundred yard touchdown sends the jet season down the toilet. And meanwhile, propels the giants to a super bowl run. This year, the Jets are three and three. If they lose this game, they could end up going down a terrible, terrible path like we just talked about the whole first part of the episode. Whereas the Giants, if they win, all of a sudden, this could propel them on a run. Absolutely. I think if, if they lose this game, it, may, it, it just may be a downward spiral for them. Because Who, you look at this Jets game... For the Giants. For, for the Jets. I yeah. think for the Jets. All right. Um, obviously... Um, the three games that are laid out, the Giants, the Chargers, the Raiders. I'm thinking if they struggle with this team, they're going to struggle with those next two. Yep. And then you're going to get right back into divisional play with Buffalo Bills, Miami. which is hard to win in Buffalo. And then you play a Miami Dolphins team who is on fire, one of the most explosive offenses in the league. They have to win this game. Like This is a must win for the New York Jets. And Giants, honestly, let's be honest. Like, they need but, to get something going as well. But here's the thing. With the Giants, if they lose this game, their season's over. If they win, then it's like, okay, we can start talking ourselves back into maybe at four and five, or uh, I guess they would be at that point, they'd be three and five. Like, we could start talking ourselves back to maybe we have a season. If they lose, it's like, okay, two and six, the season's over. That's a wrap. That's fine. We could blame injuries. We could talk about a whole bunch of stuff. For the Jets, even if they lose, it feels like they still have a season but it's just so much harder. So I feel like there's more pressure on the Jets than there is on the Giants. Am I wrong? Is that the bias? Is that the fan talking in I, you? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. I mean, honestly, man, it's... I think with the way the defense is playing for the New York Jets, it would just be more of a disappointment for the Jets organization than it will be for the Giants. I mean, they're not playing well on either side of the ball. You get what I'm saying? So for the Jets, you just see how well the special team unit is playing. You see how well the defense is playing. And everybody's just hoping that the de the offense just comes together. It'd be just a big disappointment because you, as a player, or as a coach, as a defensive coach, I'm sure Robert Sala is sitting there saying, my defense is fighting. He's probably looking at Nathaniel Hackett like, can we please get something going? Can we get something going? Because the defense is fighting, right? Jeff Oberg is doing a good job. Scheme, schemes, even having a bottom of the bottom of the league offense. Your defense is still sitting in the middle to the top pack in the NFL, says a lot. 
So I think the big disappointment will be the New York Jets if they can't turn this corner with Zach Wilson. I have two things, three things really, before we get to picking the game. Number one, there is a New York connection here from the 2015 team. Like we talk about the win against 2015, right? The win against the Giants. That was one of the biggest wins that you had, especially against the Giants. There's another connection there, though. The Jets lose, ultimately, their season ends in Buffalo against none other than Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is starting for the Giants in this game. He is. And honestly, he's a good quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is a good quarterback. And Winning he record in his be... career. He he took a yeah. team to the playoffs. Like, he's, yeah. I mean, he was on the rise in, out there with the Chargers until, you know, the, the injury happened and, you know, the Justin took off. But... He's he's been a good quarterback ever since college. He's been a good quarterback. He's been probably one of the most consistent. Um, he actually got drafted with me in 2011. So yep. you know, I, I feel like from our class, he's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks. You know, obviously as a backup, but I mean, I just feel like when he get in, he he's a quarterback that can help you win games. And and now in New York, over on our side, green and white, you're hoping for that with with Zach Wilson. Yeah, like, Tyrod have- Taylor is a good quarterback. He's a solid quarterback. You have two backup quarterbacks in this game, and one of them, it's like, we know what we're getting with him. That's what's great about Tyrod. You know what you're getting. He's not Mahomes. He's not Rodgers. But he's also not one of these bottom-of-the-barrel backup quarterbacks. He's a guy who can go out there and win games consistently every week. You know exactly what you're getting, which leads me to this question. Like, he's almost been, and not almost, he's been more stable than Daniel Jones this year for the Giants. The Jets just want Zach Wilson to be that, but they kind of have that on their roster. If the Jets are down, I don't know, they only have three points at the half or zero points at the half. Do they go to Trevor Simeon? I'm, he's not as good as Tyrod Taylor, but he's also stable. Do you think there's a chance that they make a change in game? I think so. I think they don't see what they need to see because this is a very important game. I'm telling you, these next three are, are, are big going into the divisional game. So, <clears throat> excuse me. If they need to make that adjustment, they will, I think, in this game. This is the game where they decide to say, hey, this is why we bought you in, Trevor. Zach, you already know, if you're not playing well by halftime, we're going we're gonna to look at all situations and angles, and then we'll make a decision. And I think they'll make that quarterback change this week if Zach Wilson doesn't play well. Last year, Robert Sala waited too long so many times to make changes. This year, you can't do that. You, we talked about all the pressure this year. I think so. I think there has to be a quarterback change if it's not going well. I want to quickly ask you about Daniel Jones because he's not playing in this game. And the news came out today that Brian Dable said, yeah, he can throw. He doesn't feel any pain. He, he's comfortable. He basically said, though, we still have no timetable on him to be cleared for contact. It's a second neck injury in his career. It almost feels like they're not even scared of him playing. They're just scared of what it'll be like for him to take that next hit. You've experienced injuries to your neck in your career, some that were considered career-threatening. What do you think is going on for Daniel Jones, and what do they have to see if he's fully comfortable? What do you think they could possibly see to eventually get him back out there? Honestly, the neck is so dangerous, and you have to evaluate it like carefully. And and you have to be, you know, you have to correct. I'm sorry. You have to evaluate this carefully, right? And when I had my neck injury, you know, I was told, hey, even after the surgery, there's so many things that can happen again. You know, I'm sure they're telling him the the, the procedures that needs to go on and, 
you know, we I remember when Peyton Manning was struggling with neck injuries, you know, um, and, and what he had to do. Um, you know, you could do so many things to avoid the the, the procedure. Um, you know, strengthening uh, shots, all these different things, and I think they're just trying to play it careful because one wrong hit, one you land wrong, anything to a neck, and, and you know, it's a very dangerous area, honestly, and. You know, you hate to hear that it's his second time. He still has a a very uh, young career right now, and uh, to be battling neck injury, especially as a quarterback or standing in the pocket, you're thinking whiplash, you're thinking all these things that you know direct hit or anything could be the end of his career, and you know could affect him for the rest of his life. So you have to be very careful with those things. And honestly, it doesn't have a timetable because at any time you know, you going down, your head being in the wrong angle could mean something for the rest of your life. So, yeah, it's just scary stuff. It's sad stuff because like you said, he was coming on last year. He looked really good and it and it sucks because this is a guy who got beat up, was sacked, what, 28 times or something like that in the first four games of the season. Just, you know, the offensive line has figured it out a little bit more the last couple of weeks with Tyra Taylor back there, but you just feel bad for Dan Jones, a guy who is a running quarterback, but he's getting hit in the pocket. It wasn't because he was running. He was getting hit because he had zero time and he was getting really, really beat up the San Francisco game, the Dallas game where you just saw these hits hit after hit after hit. And it just sucks to see. We talked about Robert Sala a little bit. They scored three points coming off a bye last year. Obviously there's a new offensive coordinator this year. How do they come out better off a bye this year? I think one, I think defense needs to start fast. Two offense needs to start fast. And then when we start fast, we need to learn. We saw in Denver, we need to learn when we start fast, we need to learn how to finish strong. You don't want to, you don't want to even give the opposing team a chance to build momentum. Um, I think with the weather, you're saying it's going to be some rain. Hmm. Come out, run the football, manage the yep. clock, stay, stay efficient, play to Zach Wilson's strength, stay efficient, stay in front of the chains. No penalties, no pre-snap penalties. We see, you know, Makai Beckton struggling with that uh, throughout this year, a lot of pre-snap penalties. Just stay efficient in the offense. Give what the defense take you uh, gives you. Like, don't come out and do too much. You can't do too much. The weather's not going to permit you to do that. So I just say stay efficient, stay in front of the chains. Defense start fast. They have to start fast, and they started all year. Build that momentum for next week, next couple weeks. I trust this Jets team more than I trusted last year's Jets team, and yet I'm nervous. The Jets are a much better roster than the New York Giants, but there's a couple of key things, and as we move to our predictions and our preview of the game, the Giants have the better quarterback. I think it's indisputable. The Giants have the better head coach. If you ask me, Brian Dable, he was the coach of the year last year versus Robert Sala. Robert Sala hasn't proven anything to me. He's proven more this year to me that he can keep a team together, but Brian Dable... It looked like he was going to lose the locker room after being coach of the year and winning a playoff game last year. It looked like he was going to lose the team this year at one and five. And all of a sudden, the last two weeks or one and four, the last two weeks, they kind of had the same thing. The Jets had their their loss to Kansas City, which was a bad loss, but it felt like it gave them their mojo back. The Giants had that loss up in Buffalo, which was a bad loss, but it felt like it gave them their confidence back. And then they go out and win the following week. They can follow that up with another win against the Jets, just like the Jets did following it up with another win against Philadelphia. I trust Dable. I trust Tyrod Taylor. And that's why I like the Giants in this game. And I'll say it right now. Right now, 
The Giants are underdogs. They're plus three. But how could you not take the Giants right now over the Jets? I can't take the Giants over the Jets right now because we watched what our defense did to a Patrick Mahomes, a Jalen Hurts, a Josh Allen. And now you're saying that a Tyrod Taylor is going <laughs> to be the one to, to come out and put up a great game against God, I hope our defense. Right. I just don't see it, man. I, I, I think this, this defense is just... Even even with the statistics, I mean, they're playing a lot better than what they're showing on paper statistically throughout the league, and we're seeing it. And I understand it is because of the te- the, the turnover margin. But we've watched them play against high-caliber quarterbacks and teams, and I just don't think that it's the New York Giants that are going to come in here and beat them. I, I, I just can't see it. I You know, for me, I think the biggest thing for us is offense puts up points. I don't think the New York Giants score this weekend. I, I just don't see it, especially with the weather permitting. I don't I don't see Saquon Barkley being fed the ball and being that running back that beats our defense. And I don't see Tyrod Taylor being the quarterback after playing three quarterbacks that can run the ball, that can extend plays, that make things happen, make every throw Come in and, and just beat this defense. I, I don't see it, man. Honestly, I don't. I, I I'm gonna have to go with the Jets winning this game this this Sunday. You're firing me up because everything you're saying is so true, and yet I'm a sick Jets fan. I am, and and I I cannot like I just have nightmares. I'm Victor Cruz is still running. He's doing the salsa. I still see yeah. it in my head. Like because if we win that game, we're in the playoffs. I don't think oh yes, realize. I know. Don't, we you win that game. Me. We're in the playoffs. I remember that game. I remember <laughs> him catching that that ball and going ninety nine. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I remember that too. You know, I, I again, it's so funny because you're the player and you're the athlete and you're there, and I'm sure it's devastating for you. But at the end of the day, you take the jersey off, you go somewhere else. You're you're the team chose you. To me, this is my whole life. Like fans always say. We're going to be here long before you showed up and we're going to be here long after you're gone. That's why when when fans go up against players where sometimes, like you saw this year with Evan Neal, you know, going back and forth with Giant fans, he called them burger flippers or whatever he called them. It's like, Evan Neal, you're a blip. You're you're a nothing on their, on their timeline because these Giant fans have been there from the beginning and they're going to be there till the end. You're a nothing. So, like... I know the devastation. Apparently you do too, because you were there for some good and some bad. And it feels like when there's more good with the jets, like 2011, when it felt like it was going to go so good and like 2015, when it was going so good. And then there's the bad, it's more devastating than just the bad. You know what I mean? Um, But again, I I like your positivity. You talked about the points, the giants not scoring Vegas. Doesn't think there's going to be a lot of points either. 36 and a half is the over under. I'm taking the under on that. There's no way there's going to be points in this game. Uh, I'm going to give you my prediction. You can give me yours. I do think, I, like I said, I don't think the Giants are going to have to score a lot in this game. I think the Giants win 13 to six. I don't think Zach Wilson, I think they're just going to blitz him all day. I don't think he's going to be, I just don't think he's good. I don't think he's going to be able to find a way. And I don't think the Jets offense is going to be able to turn over the ball enough. I think it's going to look exactly like the New England game where every time the Jets get on the field, it's three and out. They don't turn it over, but neither do the Giants. And all the Giants need is one touchdown. I think you know, we're looking at a 6-6 game and the Giants score a touchdown and make it 13-6 and that's the ball game. Uh, 
Man. I'm out to go opposite, man. I don't I don't think the New York Giants get in the end zone. I just don't I don't see it, especially having our two starting cornerbacks back in the lineup and our defense playing the way they've been playing against those high caliber teams that we've played this year. I'm gonna have to say Brees Hall is gonna have a big game. Right? That's my bold prediction. He's gonna have a big game. And the New York Giants or Jets, sorry. Getting ahead of myself. Are gonna put up 20 points. 20 0 New York Jets. 20 nothing. 20. Two <laughs> touchdowns, two field goals. I, I man, dude, I would lose. I'll call you right away. If you look, first of all, th- there's gonna be a social video put out. I'm going to clip it up and it's gonna be posted everywhere. But all right, you have 20 nothing. So and you have Brees as your touchdown score. Yes. So I think I think Brees gets an end zone first. And then I want to say I, I have to go. You have to go with Garrett. Yeah. Go with Garrett. So I'm going with Saquon as the only touchdown scorer in the game. I think mm-hmm. he'll it'll be a catch and run. Uh, he'll run a little kind of similar to the play you ran against the Giants all those years oh, ago. Out of, out of a little slip screen. Yeah. So <laughs> a catch and run for Saquon Barkley. Um, scores like a, from like 25 yards out, and that is the difference in the oh game. Oh my goodness, 25? Yeah. Oh, that's going yeah, like, to be a gut check. <laughs> yeah, they bring like a blitz, and he gets behind it, and it's like, oh shoot, he's loose. Yeah, that's that's how I'm feeling. Like again, I feel terrible because I have those emotional scars like we talked about. I think Dable's the much better coach. I don't think, and I think they have the much better quarterback, and I can't get past that. I'm sorry, I can't get past that. Um, and I like the under in the game, obviously. We both like the under because 36 and a half, you have 20 nothing. I have 13 6. We're going to talk on Monday, you and I, and maybe we'll get a guest. We'll see how the game goes. Um, there's some interesting people in the New York media who, uh, <laughs> you know, have made some headlines this week where I work. And so maybe one of them will come on if the Giants lose or win uh, and will give us some time. So uh, until then, I, God, I hope you're right. But until then, uh, enjoy the game. Happy birthday. Celebrate. Don't celebrate too hard. Uh, And I'll talk to you. I'm sure we'll text during the game. And then I'll talk to you on Monday morning. All right. All right, man. I'll see you. See ya. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.